Hi there, I'm David Harvey, and I'm here with John Andrews, and this is the Two Techs Podcast. In this podcast, we're two friends in two different countries, here with you every two weeks talking about two different texts from the Bible. In this season, as we enter our second year of podcasting together, we step beyond the stories of Jesus in the Gospels and into the Book of Acts. The Book of Acts is a series of stories and events from the early church when they encounter the disrupting presence of the Holy Spirit. Well, hi everyone. John and I are back with you for a new uh, season of Two Texts, taking you into the summer this time. Uh, I hope it's sunny where you are. Right now it's sunny where I am and where John is, and I can't decide which is the biggest miracle, John. (laughs) (laughs) Well, well, you can have sunshine and snow on the same day, which is pretty (laughs) impressive. But of course, in in the UK, we can have four seasons in a day and quite regularly do that. So, so yeah, yesterday I was working in my study. It got so dark at one point because of a thunderstorm in the middle of a sunny day that I had to turn the light on in my study. So that's that's the joys of, of living in a, a beautifully changeable climate like the United Kingdom. It is so. <laughs> <laughs> uh, John, for this summer series, we're going to talk about the book of Acts. Mm. So there's a bit of a move for us as two texts. We've, we've focused around Jesus stories predominantly since we launched uh, just over a year ago now. But here we are jumping into book five of the New Testament for the summer. Mm. I'm excited about that. Tell me about, tell mm. me about how you're feeling. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. I, I mean, I've loved the first year of dwelling in and around the person of Jesus. But of course, as we think about the Gospels, the ultimate trajectory of Jesus is that he wants to build a community that will carry him, carry his message, Mm. carry his kingdom to the world. And it's all moving towards that. And so it it feels after a year of dwelling in the stories of Jesus, it's good to sort of see what this Jesus community started to do. And what yes. lessons we can learn from it today in the 21st century. So it feels, it feels like the right time to jump. Yeah. And, and Acts is, is an interesting book. And, and I think we'll unpack this even as we talk about the first, the first few chapters of it, as Luke sort of sets up the scene for what he's trying to do with, with this book. And, and I think there's a little bit, even as we do, as we go along and perhaps anyone listening and engaging with the series will, will feel a sense of what is Acts about? Is Acts about the continuing story of Jesus? Is Acts about it's called the Acts of the Apostles, but mm. um, but at some level it could also be Acts of the Holy Spirit. <laughs> and uh, I I have from time to time engaged with uh, Willie Jennings' commentary on Acts, which is a very a very challenging commentary to read. Wouldn't imagine that everybody would agree with everything he says in it, but of course that's not the point in reading, is it? Mm. But he opens his commentary on Acts, John, with these three sentences, and and I and I can't get any more than this into our first comment about Acts without reading them. He says, the book of Acts speaks of revolution. We must mm. never forget this. It depicts life in the disrupting presence of the Spirit of God. <laughs> that's beautiful. Yeah, I love that. Love um, that. And, and I hope that what people will engage with as we read that is, is holding that 
that phrase, the disrupting presence that 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 mm. God is. Now, what what we, I think we'll see is a little bit of a precursor. Is that one of the disruptions is the fact that God is bringing everybody into the presence of the Spirit of God, that God is drawing people to himself, which you almost think, well, that doesn't sound disrupting. That's the goal, isn't it? Mm. But then in Acts, you realize, oh, this is going to require a lot of these disciples to be able to to cope with how disrupting the Spirit of God wants to be. Yes, absolutely. It, I mean, I think the book of Acts is not just a story of the expansion of this Jesus community. And my goodness, what a story that is. Absolutely. It begins in an upper room in Jerusalem. And by the end of the book of Acts, we are in a house at the center of the empire, the Roman Empire capital mm. city of Rome itself. So it is an amazing story of expansion and enlargement, but it is also a story of discomfort of learning, of growing, of friction, even of fracture. And mm. it shows again the human element in this divine plan that that, that mm. because the Lord has chosen to use us as humans, there is inevitably some awkward moments on this journey. Some moments of great joy and also moments of great, great challenge. I mean, a couple of moments where the church really teeters on the brink of, of fracture and and we see all of that in, in, in the context of this Jesus community empowered by the Spirit sent to the ends of the earth by Jesus himself. So I, I, I love the fact that it's a bit of a roller coaster ride. I love the fact that it, it is a bit uncomfortable at times. And again, Luke carries on the story of the church in the same way the gospel writers have presented to us the gospel itself in that it it presents people in their fullness, their rawness and, and the reality. Mm. But the magnificence mm. of the relentlessness of the gospel and the kingdom of God in the midst of that brokenness mm. and in the midst yes. of that vulnerability and weakness. So it, it's a great it's a great study for us to jump into. Yes, absolutely. And and frames so much for us for all of us, there's there's those of us who want to ask questions about scripture, about what's going on in the depths of, of of a biblical text, but then with Acts, goodness, I'm 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 only a moments into the podcast, and I'm going to quote Jennings twice. But he, one of the things he says beautifully about Acts is it's it the Acts is in a is a beginning without an end in sight, right? Mm, so sure. so there's also a sense that when you read Acts, there's the biblical study of it, but there's also this shaping of you as a Jesus follower's own story, isn't there? This yeah. is this is the beginning of your story. And so here we are a couple of thousand years later, at some level still working out this this narrative of the Holy Spirit. Yeah. And and of course that that lovely idea of Acts being sort of a beginning but but no end. It literally is the case in the book of Acts. There is no Amen in the book of Acts at the end. It is mm-hmm. it you have this open ended finish where Paul is under house arrest, but fearlessly and relentlessly and boldly proclaiming the gospel and the kingdom of God to his world. So, so you, you, you are getting this sort of, um, sense that we are, we are Acts chapter 29 and 30 and 31 and 32. And that (laughs) what has begun here is our story and we must join into that story. And I think that's why the book of Acts is a really important 
tool for us as followers of Jesus. And I, I know there's great controversy over how we interpret Acts. Is it simply narrative or can we draw on the theology of this book in terms of pattern and 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 ideas for us in the 21st century? And I'm sure we'll lean into some of that. But, mm. but if Dr. Luke is presenting not just a story, but a pattern, if he is presenting not just information, but ideas, then this book becomes extremely important as a link between the Gospels of Jesus, the story of Jesus, mm. and then the more didactic letters of Paul and Peter and James and John and Jude, who help unpack what it looks like to be a follower of Jesus. Mm. In the everyday of our world, so, so yeah, I I I consider it a really important and vital document to help us understand who we are, why we're here, and also what we have as we head into our our world for Jesus. It, it's interesting because I like I remember that discussion when I was a young Bible college student. It seems like it was a discussion that that we got involved in quite a lot. Can you take and build? theology from acts right this was a question wasn't it and and that's you just alluded to it so that I, and i've never talked about this before so this was something that you encountered as well is acts just history and you can't and and john like let me like if you don't think acts can give you theology like get out the house i'm just gonna i'm gonna nail my colors right at the start john number one the book begins in my former book theophilus quite literally friend of god okay yes. and 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 one of the things about acts is is that that Luke, Luke never loses his view of God. <laughs> he, mm. He's always aware in every story in Acts, the Holy Spirit is present and doing something, even if not mm. explicitly referenced. There, this God is threaded, whether, whether references to Jesus. I mean, goodness, in Acts, we have a quote from Jesus that we never hear in the Gospels, right? Yeah, we, have, we have God present in guiding them. We have the Holy, I was going to say the Holy Spirit sometimes I was going to say present and guiding them. It seems that the way of the Holy Spirit in, the whole, in Acts is to run ahead of them and hope they catch up, right? Yeah. So, so for me, like this is God in action. This is this. So, I think I, I know I'm not going to get any pushback from you on this, even though you and I have never talked about this before. But you know, as we talk about Acts, we're we're shaping theologically in this. We, mm. You and me are coming to this text going, yes, this is teaching us something about God and about how we should be as a result. Totally, totally. I mean, there's a sense in which Luke is continuing on his gospel trajectory mm. with now the yes. book of Acts. And in the gospels, we understand that all of the gospel writers, to some extent, tell story. They bring us narrative. They, they are... Mm inviting us into real history events. But of course, as we've spent a gazillion years talking about in our podcast, they're also bringing in a, a profound and clear theological agenda with all of that. Matthew has an agenda. Luke has an agenda. John has things he wants to say to us, not just in terms of here's a story that's, that'll warm the cockles of your heart, but here is deep truth within this story. And in fact, the reason I'm telling this story is because I want you to see that deep truth. And I think Luke carries on that genre of writing into the book of Acts, where though it looks like a story, 
He is using, I believe, the story as the vehicle to build some profound theological, ecclesiological, pneumatological, and missiological ideas. All the beautiful ologies there. <laughs> but but I think they're all resident. In fact, I think all of those are resident in the first opening lines of the book of Acts. And mm. we're seeing we're seeing Luke showing us that all these ideas are resonant in his writings. So he's worthy uh, of of taking seriously. I, I believe that Luke is a theologian first and a historian second. And, mm-hmm. and I'm very comfortable with the fact that he uses historical narrative as the vehicle for his theology rather than an accidental inclusion on the way. So do we use that as our jump off? Let's read uh, the kind of opening uh, verses of Acts. Shall mm. we... Should we do, why don't, why don't we just read that, the, almost the introductory piece yeah. for today, and, and then we can sort of jump back in in our, in our next episode. Probably worth saying as well, our plan for this series is to kind of hang the episodes around the 30-minute mark, uh, a little bit shorter. Perhaps you're on your summer holidays and, and your family are, are, don't want to listen to as much two texts in the car as you do. So we're going <laughs> to give you 30-minute episodes uh, throughout the summer just to allow you to sort of listen to them in the bath or something like that while you're on your holidays. Does that, Come on. Does that work? Come on. And if, you're, if you're in the bath right now, enjoy. We're really sorry that our voices are in the bath with you. That's a disturbing thought at multiple levels, but there we are. We hope that doesn't ruin your bath too much. Enjoy. Enjoy the bubbles. Absolutely. So, John, I'm going to read, let me just read the first four verses here. Um, Yep. And maybe, actually, maybe I'll read a little bit longer than that. So l- let me read down to, to verse 6, and then we'll, we'll kind of jump in and just set up some, some stuff here for this, for this new season of two texts. Uh, Acts 1 verse 1, it says this, In my former book, Theophilus, I wrote about all that Jesus began to do and to teach until the day he was taken up to heaven after giving instructions through the Holy Spirit to the apostles he had chosen. After his suffering, he presented himself to them and gave many convincing proofs that he was alive. He appeared to them over a period of 40 days and spoke about the kingdom of God. On one occasion, while he was eating with them, he gave this command, Do not leave Jerusalem, but wait for the gift my father promised, which you have heard me speak about. For John baptized with water, but in a few days you will be baptized with the Holy Spirit. And then they gathered around him and asked him, Lord, are you at this time going to restore the kingdom to Israel? Mm-hmm. I'll pause it there, John, because we can, yeah. we, we, we're, we're not going to fit all of that into this episode. But, but there you go. There, there's an introduction to a book. We see this allusion back to, to Luke now, so we know this is a sequel that we're, that we're, we're kind of jumping in. But there's some really interesting, I even find that fascinating little lines about convincing proofs that he was alive and that he's eating mm. with them. So this is not ghost stories Luke is telling no. us. This is Jesus, he's here. And I think it seems important because he wants to talk so much about the Holy Spirit. He seems to want to make sure that Jesus is not there as spirit with them. He's there yes. physically talking about the Holy Spirit. Yes, absolutely. And and if our listeners really grab Luke 24 as well and pull that in, if you look at the end of Luke 24 and then run straight into Acts chapter 1. It's a seamless connection. Mm. Obviously in our Bible we've got the Gospel of John in between those two chapters. 
Mm. But but in Luke 24, we have Jesus meeting with his disciples, eating with his disciples, teaching his disciples. I, I, mm. I love this beautiful reference. He said to them, this is Luke 24, verse 44, this mm. is what I told you while I was still with you. Everything must be fulfilled that was written about me in the law of Moses, the prophets and the Psalms. A beautiful reference to mm. the whole of the scriptures there. And it says, then he opened their minds so they could understand the scriptures. Wow. Love that. Mm. And mm. and I think if you grab Luke 24 and then run straight into Acts 1, you're hearing the sort of continuation of this idea that that Jesus is giving instruction to his apostles through the Holy Spirit. Mm-hmm. Within that, the eating together, the walking together, the talking together, the, the conversing together is all part of those convincing proofs, uh, proofs that he's alive. And you get this, uh, and, mm-hmm. and it's Acts that tells us this, that this period that Luke 24 refers to is a 40-day is a period. So we've got this incredible intensive download from Jesus in, in Luke 24, where Jesus is hanging around with this this group of followers and he is downloading as much as mm. possible. There's there's a lovely totally. little illusion here, David. I don't know if you agree with me. I might be, again, we, we, we may be guilty of stretching things or seeing things that aren't there. But, but, you know, the book of Deuteronomy is Moses' last month with the children of Israel. It's Mm. It's it's his words, Davrim in Hebrew, and he's like mm. he's downloading a whole stack of stuff before yeah. the people of God enter the land of promise. And I I see that illusion here in this forty day thing that you've mm-hmm. got Jesus. It's almost like he's doing a Deuteronomy. He's doing a download, mm. massive download into these disciples from Moses, the Torah, the Nevi'im, the Ketuvim. He's downloading so that when he leaves them, they've got as much deposited in their brains, in their hearts, maybe even on paper, mm-hmm. as is physically possible. So that when he yes. goes, they're able to run with the idea. So I, I love that sense as they're about to go into the world of promise. He's mm-hmm. downloading Moses downloads into the people of God as they're about to go in the land of promise. And you see that, again, that sense of Jesus, the substance fulfilling the shadow mm. in Moses himself. At least I I think that's there anyway. I, I think that the the whole presence of language such as the the 40 days, the, the all of these things, in a, and if you've been tracking with two texts across the last year, we're, we're often looking for those little subtle allusions and asking, I wonder if, I wonder if. And yeah. I mean, and perhaps I'm looking at at the end of Luke just now as you were talking, and it does it does strike me as those those kind of American TV shows where you get to the end of the show and just before the credits roll, the show finishes and then it's like <laughs> next time on. Yes. It's almost a little bit like that. Once you get Luke 24 verse 44, mm. it's like it's like Luke decided I'm just going to quickly end this because I know I'm going to write a whole book about what goes on next because because yeah. you get this. Nothing contradicts what's going on in in Acts, but it's it's vastly abbreviated, isn't yes, it? It's a little it trailer is. almost. But it but is. I think for me it's interesting if if you listen to what you're saying, John. What's the connection to Moses? What's the connection between the forty days? What are people's understanding of what's going on here? Notice the question of the disciples: mm-hmm. uh, Are you going to restore the kingdom of Israel? So at very least, we as interpreters have to say that the disciples were cognizant. That the things Jesus were do, was doing seemed to be leading as part of Israel's bigger story. So, yeah. so I don't think it's a stretch for us as readers to say, 
I think Luke's doing something here. But of course, the the left turn that Luke's going to make as we get to Acts is that God's kingdom is doing something beyond what they expected. Um, I don't think if, if, let me say it better. If the disciples are going to ask that question, I don't think we're far off base to think there's clearly stuff going on in this story, which is drawing allusions to the great big story of Israel, Mm. because the disciples are feeling it like, okay, God, right. You know what, what's going on here. And just before you go then Jesus, what time, you know, what time are you going to put the kingdom of Israel back into place? Free us from these, these awkward, these awkward uh, Roman oppressors perhaps, or, or something like that. So, so I, I'm with you, John, on that. I'm with you. And it's interesting then that you've got this here. It, it, we're back in Acts now, Acts chapter 1, verse 3. He appeared to them over a period of 40 days yeah. and spoke about the kingdom of, of God. And now that's quite interesting because it, it feels almost like in Luke, he's been speaking about the kingdom of God the whole time, but he still mm-hmm. has more to say. Yes, uh, absolutely. And it's what's fascinating, uh, I think there's two things to to sort of reflect on there. I think... In the book of Acts, there are very few direct references to the kingdom of God. I think there's only about six or so. And this one's given to us right at the beginning in terms of a reference. And it feels a little bit like the Gospels. In the Gospel of Luke, for example, Jesus has been working very hard to define the kingdom. And then you have these lovely disciples sort of asking a slightly different question about the kingdom than perhaps... Jesus is now positioning mm-hmm. them towards. So they're st- seeing the kingdom very much still in the, in the context of their, their background, their Jewishness, etc. And Jesus mm-hmm. is clearly positioning them and has been trying to position them for something bigger. And they're still struggling a little bit. And that's a little bit of a clue as to what's to come. There is mm-hmm. a struggle within that first generation of wonderful Jewish believers. They are ultimately going to have a struggle with the idea of Jesus as the fulfillment of everything, not just for, for a Jewish community, but for Gentiles. And and a whole conversation erupts around Moses first and then Jesus. And because of this tussle around identity and ethnicity and the kingdom of God. So we're, we're already getting a little illusion now that Jesus is trying to head that off. He's trying to position them so that they understand the kingdom is bigger than them. But also what's really fascinating is then the language of the kingdom sort of diminishes as we go through the book of Acts. And what starts to then almost eclipse that is is the language of the church, this ecclesia, this gathered community. This gathered community starts to represent what the kingdom actually looks like and what it should become. So I, I think right there you've got those ideas mm-hmm. as sort of a, that this is a tipping point moment in many ways in terms of the story, but it would be a few years yet before that fully tips as a as a theological revelation for some of those disciples in that room with Jesus right now, the kingdom of God as the ecclesia, the kingdom of God as the church is a, is a beautiful act image that, and I think we'll talk about this in in the next episode when we get down to chapters to chapter one verses kind of four, five, and six, which is such a key point to understanding acts. But but for now, just to hold that tension that 
that we are going to see the kingdom of God. The, the kingdom question of the disciples is going to make sense in Acts, but but totally not as you might have expected if you've been tracking the whole story. But it's interesting, even just on a on a literary level, because yeah, I agree with everything you've said there, John. So let, I don't want this to sound like it's it's a contradiction. Uh, I just did a quick search in English because I realized I didn't know the, know the answer. But yeah, there's about seven stories that reference the, the kingdom of God in Acts, and one of them seems to reference the word kingdom twice. Mm. But if you go to Acts 28, the very last chapter, mm-hmm. so if you think of the trajectory, we're talking about kingdom, and then kingdom language fades out, and we get this language of of the church. Mm. But it's interesting, Luke does something just really interesting, I think, on a literary level. When you get to chapter 28, we have the conclusion in sight Paul's now in Rome, at the, the, the center of the empire. And, and, and what is he doing in 28 verse 23? He's yep. witnessing to them. Think about this language, right? Because we're going to, maybe this language will become more apparent as we go through the first few verses of Acts. But he witnessed to them from morning till evening, explaining about the kingdom of God. And from the law of Moses and from the prophets, he tried to persuade them about Jesus. And then right down to the very end of Acts, the very very last verse, verse 31. Yeah. Well, let's read the verse 30. For two whole years, Paul stared there on his own. Um, sorry, let me read this in English. Because <laughs> I don't know what those words were that I just said. For two whole years, Paul stayed there in his own rented house and welcomed all who came to see him. He proclaimed the kingdom of God and talked about the Lord Jesus Christ with all boldness and without hindrance. But it just it just strikes me that 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 final verse twenty three, if you were to compare Acts yep. one, so we've got Jesus unpacking scripture for the disciples. You've got Jesus saying in verse six, I know I didn't read it today. Sorry, verse eight, but you'll be my witnesses throughout the ends of the earth. You've got Jesus explaining the kingdom of God to them, and then by the end, just you've got Paul. You've just got Paul in one sentence doing kingdom of God, exactly. explaining and and unpacking scriptures as to how Absolutely. this relates to Jesus. So so you're absolutely right that the kingdom of language disappears while we, we bring in this language of the church. But I wonder if Luke's not just at the end going, hey, look at where it started. Look at where it ended. There's a thread. There's a thread here. Oh, it's beautiful. Absolutely. There's, a, there's an undeniable symmetry. The language of Paul in X twenty eight and the language of Jesus Luke twenty four X one it's almost identical, isn't it? Mm-hmm. But what's what changes dramatically is context. Mm-hmm. So at the beginning mm-hmm. of totally. Acts, the context is totally Jewish. At the end of Acts, the context is the center of the empire. So I think you get mm-hmm. this beautiful symmetry of the language of the kingdom. And the fact that this ecclesia, this community will carry this kingdom and represent this kingdom. But also Mm. you see the fact that actually this kingdom conversation started in one context and now it has landed and continues to expand in another context. And I think you get that beautiful Lucan trajectory from, from temple to house, from Jerusalem to Rome, from... Jewish epicenter to now a Gentile worldview. And all those ideas are threaded together really beautifully in that first and last chapter of Acts. It's a gorgeous link. And, and that's the line I didn't mention, of course, isn't it? In Acts, in Acts 1-8, you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and in all Judea 
and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. And then, of course, we find Paul in Rome. In, in the ends of the earth. <laughs> you know, Absolutely. You know, potentially, potentially on his way to Spain, which where people yeah. think, think of in those times as the ends of the earth. Some scholars uh, have referred to Acts 1 verse 8 almost as a table of contents. Right? Which I quite love. Jesus is like, you'll be my witnesses in Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and the ends of the earth. And then you get into Acts and we're going to see those places listed as places that the Holy Spirit goes and works. It's, it's pretty Indeed. it's pretty exciting the way it comes together. It's beautiful. And again, it shows again when you those threads start to come together, you realize Luke is not just writing a story. This is not just random events, but there is... Mm a thoughtfulness in the way he's putting the story together. And some of the mm. ideas left with us in Luke 24, reintroduced in X1, become the seedbed for the ideas that we'll now run with over the next um, however many chapters we, we do together in this beautiful podcast. Well, that's it for today. Thank you so much for listening, and we hope that you enjoyed it. If you want to get in touch with either of us about something we said, you can reach out to us on podcast at twotexts.com or by liking and following the Two Texts podcast on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. If you really did enjoy the episode, then we'd love it if you left a review or a comment where you're listening from. And if you really enjoyed this episode, why not share it with a friend? Don't forget that you can listen to all of our podcasts from this season and others at www.2text.com. But that is it for now. So until next time, goodbye. Goodbye.